Check your pulse. We've been talking about emotions and about feelings and about how not letting your emotions drive the ship. Not letting your emotions do your driving, right? How many times do our emotions overtake our decisions and we make stupid decisions? Christmas time's the worst. We buy and buy and buy. Now with Amazon and with this online ordering, we've got this new way of feeling about ordering. We don't even think about it. Justin orders from Amazon in his sleep. I'm not kidding. He has a thousand chopsticks. I don't even know that he loves Chinese food. But one time in his sleep, he ordered a thousand chopsticks. I'm not kidding. Y'all laugh. (laughs) Okay. But we've been talking about the over-emotion and the things that drive us. But today I want to talk about the other person. The person without a whole lot of emotion. Because there's big issues with those people too. And I'm one of those. Now I can be very emotional, but it's very rare. And when it does happen, it's very bad. But for the most part, I'm pretty chill. And sometimes, you know, Elizabeth will even say, you know, what are you thinking? I'm like, I'm not thinking nothing. How can you not think nothing? Well, I don't know. Not thinking nothing. Now I'm thinking something, but I'm not thinking nothing. But I'm not thinking nothing. And I know it's good grammar. Not thinking nothing. But the problem sometimes with people that kind of, kind of have less emotion is possibly they won't accomplish as much in life unless they learn to, uh, to kind of overcome the, this lack of feeling. Or, this is me, she's not going to define it this way, but this is a way to define it, can be dull to live with. I rarely laugh out loud. All she does is laugh out loud. She'll tell the funniest stories and I'll be like, that's funny. I know it is. That's me. But some people can be emotionally cold because they've been hurt and their heart has hardened and desensitized. Now, this is going to be funny. We, us talking about emotion and things blowing up, it can, we can have some funny conversations about it, but this isn't funny at all. And you may either be someone that kind of keeps your emotions pushed down or you live with someone that does that. But so many times they don't want to feel because they've learned that feeling is painful. Elizabeth used to ask me about my feelings, and to be honest with you, I never thought about it. The worst thing that could have ever, ever happened to me, and it did, was for me to start thinking about my feelings. Because I didn't like it. I wanted, once I started to feel and I started to talk about it, I didn't feel better. I felt worse. So I'm like, how do I shut this thing back off? And I can't. Once I learn to feel and to express it, I can't shut it off. And I, the last probably 10 years, I've been trying No, stop feeling. It hurts to feel. But we've developed a way to deny or turn off our feelings. And many people with this issue have addictive behaviors. I I heard about a television show about a a hoarder. as a woman that was a hoarder. And she just could not get rid of any of her stuff. Her stuff made her feel secure. And the addiction was destroying not only her life, but her family. So she sought out professional counseling. Now, I want you to know, professional counseling does not just kind of help 
bandage up the issue, but it helps to get down to the root of the issue. And when they started to, to kind of d- delve into this woman's life, they realized that she didn't live as a, chi- as, as a child. She didn't live in one place very often. So very regularly would she have to give up her friends, give up her social life, but also give up her toys. She couldn't take them with her. It got so dramatic and so harsh that even the dad one time burned some of her toys before they left. Now, unfortunately, the dad didn't realize the, the damage that he was making, but it was creating this thing inside this woman that stuff meant security. Stuff meant happiness, and the loss of this stuff meant pain. And you can see now that getting rid of any of it was painful. So what did she do? She held on to it all. So her father should have been more sensitive. But I want you to know so many times when we're passionate and when we've got major things going on, we don't realize the wake that's happening behind us, especially as a dad. And I talked about it just for a moment this morning. Me and Sarah Bent went and got a new checking account for her and everything went wrong and I left a wake behind me. And it affected my bank's customer service and it affected my daughter. And she had no reason to get caught up in that wake. But so many times out of our own, and this was, this was one of those emotional moments that I had, and it was bad. I hung up on somebody on the phone and said some things I shouldn't have said and literally had to go back and apologize. But I can tell you, me going to my daughter, Sarah Bett, and saying, I'm sorry for what's happened, doesn't heal the wound. Now, it can start the healing, she can begin to move off from it, but it still leaves a wound that she remembers about, hey, when things go south for dad, watch out because this is going to hurt. That's going to leave a mark. Um, but she as an adult associated getting rid of anything with pain and with unpleasant memories. So she held on to everything. So as this counselor started to help her get free, let me tell you, making change, really deep down change in your life hurts, but at the same time, it was so awesome for her to begin to get free and to realize that she can release these things and be okay. She enjoyed the feeling of freedom that she was experiencing. And we all need to start to realize that healing does not necessarily come overnight, nor is it easy. But this woman was determined to overcome her addiction. That's what I get encouraged about, about following the Lord. And when we end this sermon today, and I hope from now on, I want you to know there is no other way but Christ. The struggles that you're experiencing right now, without Christ, you cannot get through them successfully. But with Christ, you not only can get through them, but you can overcome them. You may have some addictions, you may have some struggles, you may have some broken relationships. And I want you to know, Jesus is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father, you will not enter into heaven without coming through Jesus. So I want to encourage you, you may be saved since you were a little bitty or you may have never gone through that step, that you need to return to Christ. Christ is the answer. I cannot overcome the OCD issues that I have, the numbers issues, the, the 
lack of emotion issues without Christ, but I want you to know I can. I can become emotional. I can be sympathetic. I can be empathetic because Jesus is. And he gives me his um, spirit. Just as though he were here and would bleed for others, I can be that person too, even though it's not necessarily natural for me. It has to be supernatural. But God's a supernatural God. He takes something from dust and makes it into something beautiful. Do you know that about you? Sorry to say you came from the dust, but he makes something beautiful because that's who he is. And I have him. A wonderful Bible teacher and author named Lisa Bevere wrote a book called Out of Control and Loving It. When we try to control every issue, and a lot of times these, these people that hold in their emotions are trying to control. When we try to control everything, where I wind up living when I try to control everything is stress, a stress-filled life. When I start to realize I don't have control and I don't need control and somebody else is much better at this, it becomes freeing for me. Not, um, not chained up because I don't have control, freeing. One of, the, one of the most freeing things is to realize somebody else wants control and I can just be there with them. Yay, I will cheer you on. But the moment you give me control, the moment it starts to kind of want to get pressure on me. But people who don't exhibit much emotion need healing just as excessively emotional people do. And any time that we discover that we're out of balance in an area of life, we need to confront it and begin to work with the Holy Spirit to bring it into, into balance. If one's too emotional, you need to learn to be less emotional. If one's emotionless, he needs to stir himself up a, up a little bit. If a person talks too much, be quiet. If a person doesn't talk at all, try to find ways to engage in talking. Sounds easy, doesn't it? It's not easy at all. People who have been hurt often build, uh, build walls that they can hide behind to protect themselves. But I want you to catch this. Uh, catch this. But I've learned that in life, that if I, wall other, if I wall others out, I will also wall myself in and lose my freedom. There's a big, there, there, over the last 10 years, there's been a big um, push for boundaries. And boundaries are good until they aren't good. You know, you put up boundaries to protect yourself, but you don't want to put up boundaries to block yourself in. And that's exactly what can happen if we're not careful. It's so important to allow the Lord to build up your walls and to tear those down that need to be down. We've got up walls because we're hurt. And I want you to know God can heal those, tear those down, and restore those to where they're healthy. So many times out of fear or out of pain, I build up walls. That's not wrong necessarily, except when it becomes more than what God wanted me to build up. God says to, to guard your heart with all diligence. That means if somebody's hurting my heart, I have the right, I have the kingdom right, the scriptural right to guard my heart. But it doesn't mean I stop loving. It doesn't mean that I do not allow the Holy Spirit to, allow, to work in me. 
What happens is when we guard our heart, sometimes we harden our heart. He doesn't say that. He says to guard your heart. Don't harden your heart. But those two are very, that's a very fine line to walk, isn't it? Isaiah chapter 60 Verse 18 says, Violence shall no more be heard in the land, nor devastation or destruction within your borders. But you can call your walls salvation and your gates praise. That's such an incredible scripture and a great promise. Salvation through Jesus becomes our wall of protection. Salvation through Jesus becomes our wall of protection. When I genuinely get saved and I really start to allow the Lord to work in my life, yes, hurtful things still happen, but the Lord puts the wall up for us to not be taken out. He gives us ways to work through. He gives us the strength to overcome. The word that Justin gave last week was about, I think it was perseverance or endurance. He, allow, he, he enables us to be able to push through rather than pull back and hide. Salvation shall be our wall, and your gates praise. Another scripture tells us that if we don't have self-control, look what this says. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. You can put up your walls, but if you have no self-control, no wall is going to stand. We will burn those to the ground. How many of you have put up some walls with some people until they push your button and you just let loose? And what do you do? You just open yourself up to them to just start firing at you. Oops. No matter how many walls we think we're building to protect ourselves, if we don't maintain balanced emotions, our walls are mere illusions and they don't protect us at all. Look at this quote. This is from a, a, a leadership teacher. It says, The walls we build around us to keep sadness out also keep out the joy. Some people are quiet, shy, and more laid back simply because of their personality. Elizabeth is a talker. I'm not. Y'all only see this side of me where I talk. But I guarantee you, this is about 90% of the words that I'll use today. 99. Thank you. I just am not a big talker. Now, when you and I go to lunch together, or if you come into my office, I'll talk. I know how to function. I'm not dysfunctional. Well, I'm pretty dysfunctional, but at least in that. But when we're just hanging out, I'm not a big talker. But Elizabeth is. But anything becomes excessive to the point that, that it's hindering our freedom or hurting other people. One thing I can't do is just say, and, and listen to me, I have said this. This is just how I am. Don't ask me to talk. I don't talk. I'm not thinking about anything. But I need you to talk. But I don't. Accept me like I am. Okay. But what do you think about this? I don't think about it. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. But what about that? Can you see, I can't use, and she can't use the, the statement, you got to accept me just for the way that I am. Now, we do that. We do that. But I need to talk more than I would prefer. Why? Because it's what she needs. 
If someone comes in here in need, we need to help meet that need, not say, nah, we don't do that. But I'm hungry. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't have anything. Well, go get it. Find somebody here. The resources are here because Jesus sent them here to have their needs met. So when I get married, I have a responsibility to meet a need. It's no longer about me. If it's just me, I can sit at home and say nothing. But it's not just me anymore. I've got children who like to talk, some more than others. I I, I talk to Rita almost daily, and I feel like I'm the biggest jerk ever because I'll just say what I need, and I'm like, okay, see you later, bye, love you, bye. And she knows how I do. I'm like, hey, are you going by to do this? Yeah, I am. What time are you going to be there then? Okay, love you, bye. Don't even say, hey, I try to. Are you doing okay? How's everything going? How's Charlie? How's Bud? Yeah. Okay, okay, see you, bye. Literally, I have to work. I have to work at it. How's your day? And then she starts talking. Okay, that isn't really what I asked, but what did I ask you? Oh, yeah. How was your day? Yeah. We must work with God to help balance our lack of emotion or emotion and not just excuse our behavior by saying that's just how I am. When we did the five love languages, God is so funny how he puts people together. Because Elizabeth's love language is quality time. Man. Why couldn't it just be gifts? I, w- I could just I could go buy gifts. It's not gifts, it's quality time. And she needs my face. I can't be sitting here watching TV and her talking to me. Yeah, I hear you. What, what was that? Oh, man, you had that kind of day? Yeah. She goes, turn around. Oh, no. And then I become a black hole of where she talks and it just goes nowhere. I can't be a black hole. Church, we can grow. If I like emotion, I can have emotion. I can be excited just because someone else is excited. Even though in my natural state, I'm not excited. But something happens to you, I am genuinely excited. But we must, we must overcome and start working on ourselves. Elizabeth and I have different personalities, but we get along, I think, very well, usually. But it was not always that way. But we've learned to be what the other needs and not go so far that we lose our freedom. We may feel more comfortable and find it easier to do what we feel like doing, but we can make adjustments and not lose our individuality. I don't lose who I am because I grow and I do more than maybe what's natural in me. The Apostle Paul says, I try to be all things to all men. When people have this issue, I go along with it. When people don't believe this way, I go along with that. Why? Because we can adapt to each other. I've got, in our family, when we go out to eat, some care, some don't. 
We've got six people, now seven in our family, and we're growing. And uh, some care, some don't. So I try to ask those that don't care first. Because I know those that do care will speak up. Yeah. And Elizabeth's the worst. She'll ask everyone, but then she'll poo-poo everybody's thing. And everybody's just like, where did you want to go? Then just say that. Rather than make us feel like we can say these places, ooh, no, I don't like that. (laughs) Elizabeth and I, when she orders a salad, I have to go back and undo everything she did in order to order my salad. How is that cooked? Is that a cream sauce or a red sauce? How's the chicken? Uh, The dressing on the side? Can you put the avocado on the side? I don't want the nuts. But I want the same salad, and I'll go, everything she said, forget. I want it just how you order it. Please don't give me mine like hers. Clothing. She never does reruns. Reruns. Yeah, you don't wear the same thing. Yeah, well, when I knew you early, you would kind of work out your clothes and make sure you never had any reruns. I'll wear the same thing several days in a row. As long as I'm not seeing the same people, I keep wearing the same stuff. <laughs> My dad would rewear sweaters that had stains on them from the previous days. To be honest with you, we made a, she made a, a, a pillow of some of his sweaters after he passed away, and I think there are some food stains on those <laughs> sweaters. We're different. We're different. And because I lack emotion, sometimes I have to be emotional to be able to meet the people that I'm dealing with. It's not fair to just say, I'm sorry, I'm just not that way, so I'm not going to encourage you. If I'm not an encourager and you need encouraging, I need to encourage. Why can't I? Because the Spirit of God is in me. I can. I can be an encourager. And uh, Elizabeth and I, when, when telling stories, sometimes I just need the point Usually, I can live through a 30-minute story that could take five minutes. But sometimes, when she starts a story off with, our daughter was in a wreck. And she was going to TJ Maxx and found some pretty cool stuff. And then she realized she didn't have her debit card. And then she called me, and I sent her some money. Is she okay? (laughs) Then I can relax and hear the rest of it. But she's learned to adapt to, to me, way, probably way more than I've learned to adapt to her. But by George, I'm trying. She has needs, and I had better fill them. If not, things get messed up. It's my call to fill her need. It's her call to fill my need. Marriages fail because people won't change. I must change. God's created me and saved me and does not want me to live a life of failure and of falling short. He wants me to change into his image. He wants me to grow in favor and stature with God and with man. He wants you to grow. He wants you to overcome. And he does not want your emotions to be driving you. When the storm came, Jesus was asleep. And the apostles were like, what are you doing? We're about to die. 
Really? Don't you remember who I am? I'm not dying. I'm that guy that's not going to die. I'm the one that was walking on the water. I'm the one that when I speak, the, the, the tree loses its leaves. We're not dying. Emotions and circumstances do not change our direction. God's got our direction. Don't let the storms and the circumstances make you make stupid choices. With your spouse, with your family, with your job, with your career, with whatever it is that you're doing, don't let your emotions have you. We have self-control. If you've received Christ, you do have it. You just may not have learned how to use it. How many of you have gotten something and you didn't know how to use it? You got to learn. We can grow. So as, as I wrap things up this morning, let me, let me give you one last scripture. Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you. Watchfully. I want you to realize when we, when we start this, just, it's just how I am. I want you to catch this statement here. We tend to think that if we don't need something, then no one else does. So many times when we have a problem, it kind of takes precedent over the way anyone else is feeling. And if the way anyone else is feeling is not how we feel, we discount them. It's so important that we be the one to grow, that we be the one to listen, that we be the one to slow down. When, you're a, when your spouse gets emotional, please don't get emotional. Please don't join in in the stupidity. Because when both are about to erupt, it's really going to be bad. Get a, get a hold of yourself. Cast your cares onto the Lord because he is watching out for you. Easier said than done. If you're that person that doesn't have a lot of emotion, learn, learn to grow in that emotion. Learn to be happy when people are happy. I will, I will encourage you, when you first do it, Elizabeth realized, hey, he's trying. This feels, feels pretty fake. Well, it is kind of fake. I really don't know how to do this. But the more I do it, the more I get, I get it. God helps you grow. So I hope this meant something to someone because I, it's really me. I'm that person that really has to work on being more emotional, being more talking, listening better being more empathetic but God doesn't I couldn't do it without the Lord will y'all stand up with me I want to encourage you and just say Jesus is the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through Him now you may be here today and you may have just kind of slipped away come back come back how do you come back? Get back in the Word. Start calling upon the Lord. Get involved in a small group and start growing together. 
there's nothing like getting around someone else that might be going through the same thing and, and saying, hey, I'll do this with you. Uh, as a runner, if I have someone to run with me, it's so much easier for me to go than it is just to go by myself. Get connected. Get involved. Get in the Word. Pray that the Lord will lead you to the right spot, to the right people. I've got a, a daughter that's at UT, and it's so important that she makes the right friends and doesn't make the wrong friends. And I've, I, I have, this is me as a dad, let her go, and I'm afraid she's going to meet a guy that isn't the right one. I've got to trust God, but also she needs to meet the right ones, and I want to pray for her to meet the right one. I pray that you make the connection, that you make the connection genuinely to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit. And that you could begin to grow in your emotion and in your personality. God loves your personality. Did you know that? God loves your personality. He made you that way. On purpose. For a purpose. We all just pray with me just a minute. Father God, I just ask for breakthrough down deep into our soul and really who we are. God, we struggle with who we are. We struggle with behaving the way that we behave and we don't always understand it. But Lord God, you are our way. Come in, Holy Spirit, and fill us. Save us. I just pray that wall of salvation just become real in us. Right now where you are, just ask Jesus to come in. You may already be saved, but you may have stepped away just a little. Jesus, come in. Help me with my spouse. Help me not change my spouse, but change me. Let me meet that need. Help me with my children. Help me with my job. Help me with these circumstances. And Lord God, don't let my emotions overrule me and overrule you. Emotions aren't bad. They were given to you by God. But they are not the ruler. Father God, you are. And your word. And your spirit. And your body. Come into my heart. Change me. Help me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.